why there are moms, dads, healers, and helpers around the world who love babies and toddlers. Welcome to another episode of Raising Baby. I'm Selma, and I'll be your host. Welcome back, everybody. I am so relieved that this podcast is up and live right now because it has been on the books and in preparation for such a long time. So thank you for being here with me and for allowing me to tell the world about infant and toddler mental health from their perspective. Today, we're going to be talking about why infant mental health is important. And then we're also going to be hearing from the baby's perspective as well. I think a lot of times, many people don't understand how their treatment of infants and toddlers can cause lifelong effects. And we also don't tend to think about genetics or attachment or even how prevention plays a role in infant mental health. So using the Raising Baby podcast, I really want to bring that about today where we talk about why it's important and then talk about the key factors that it impacts, which is brain development, attachment mental health, wellness, prevention. And then I want to talk a little bit about treatment, which is early intervention, really. Before we get into it, I really would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave an awesome review when you get a chance after listening to today's episode or while you're listening to today's episode, because your voice is going to be really helpful in spreading the message of infant and toddler mental health throughout the world. So thank you for that. So why is infant mental health important? I ask this question a lot when I do trainings, when I do webinars, and I get an array of different answers, which are phenomenal in their own way. People say, you know, if I do things right now, then everything will be better in the future. If I do things for my kid the way that I'm supposed to, then our relationship will be wonderful down the line. If I catch certain things for them now, then I can prevent a lifelong of trauma and lifelong um, mental health illness for them, and I can also prevent substance abuse or criminal involvement, etc. All of these are true. Every one of these that you know um, I hear, they're true because the amazing part about the infancy time, so the in utero through three years of age and then extending it through toddler time, which is up to five, is uh, they're known as prevention years. So I want to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to get into brain development. Why is infant mental health important to brain development? In general, when we think about mental health, we think about the brain. We've seen those images and, and, and we know that the brain is studied to help us understand what mental health is and, and how to make sure that mental health is taken care of. In the infancy years or um, in utero and up to the age of five, we are talking about brains that are like sponges. 
if you have ever been around an infant or a toddler, you will notice a new behavior in them every single day. You will notice that they've mastered a skill, that they've done something different, that they've connected certain connections. It's it's really phenomenal and it just makes your heart super big and super wide and super proud of them. So like, and we've heard that expression, right? Our little ones have brains like sponges. So that really isn't a big surprise. What is a big surprise is that we have to be aware of that babies are born with brain cells that they will have for their lifetime. What they're not born with is the connections that are formed after they're born. And these connections are influenced by their environment and interactions with their caregiver. So when a baby is exposed to a caregiver who is present emotionally, physically, meeting their needs, then this baby's brain is going to start forming connections that are a learning brain connection. I'm I'm hoping that makes sense. I'm I'm trying to backtrack in my head right now as I'm talking. Um, And then when babies, unfortunately, are met with a lot of trauma or inconsistency or are fearful of their caregiver and their environment, then their brain, the, the cells start forming connections that are survival connections. Their brain is a social organ that tells them, hey, this is what you need to do in order to protect yourself and survive. So we, what we want to strive for are brains that are learning brains versus you know, survival brains. And we will have other episodes on the podcast where we talk about the difference between survival versus learning brains. A really important part to remember is that the development of the brain begins a few weeks after conception. And the brain continues to develop while mom is pregnant with the baby. So mom's stress levels, her nutrition, prenatal care, taking care of herself and taking vitamins, etc. is going to play a crucial role in how many brain cells the baby is born with. So that's really important to keep track of. And in the first three years of a child's life, their brain has up to twice as many synapses. A synapse is when um, two neurons connect and make a connection. So they will have twice as many synapses as they will have in their adulthood. So when you are seeing a a tiny two-year-old or a one-year-old mastering these skills, they're super smart, super good at things, and, and they catch on super fast, it's because these synapses are working really, really hard for them. Another thing I want to point out is that genes provide a blueprint for the brain. So the genetic code our babies are born with plays a huge role. But a child's environment and their experience carry out the construction. A gene can be left turned on or turned off depending on what is happening to a child's life. So what what is happening to their environment, what is happening in their caregiving relationship. And the last part I want to talk about in terms of brain development are implicit and explicit memories. Babies remember because of implicit memories. And around the 18 months of age period is when their explicit memory bank starts developing. Implicit memories are your subconscious memories where you don't have events 
that you can recall and tie them to, but they're almost like learned experiences. And explicit memories, when they they start developing at around 18 months of age, are those memories where you can physically recall a memory and say, oh, hey, yeah, this is what happened. And this is on this day. um, And this is how I handled it. So an implicit memory is knowing, for example, how to tie your shoe. An explicit memory is learn uh, is remembering the day that you learned that you learned how to tie your shoe. I'm I'm hoping that the distinction there is clear. Implicit and explicit memories are impacted by a baby's infant men- by their infant mental health, and if we don't take care of their infant mental health, then we are contributing to a lot of potential problems in their brain development. Another reason why infant mental health is very important is because of attachment. Attachment gets a lot of attention lately, which I'm very excited about. It's really time for attachment to be put in the front seat of human connection and how important it is to develop safe and secure connections with infants and toddlers so that we can have adults who are safely and securely connected to their relationships and are thriving and living the best form of of their life that they can. So let's dive in and talk about the four different attachment styles babies can display. Secure attachment, avoidant attachment, ambivalent attachment, and disorganized attachment. Secure attachment is where we all want to be. We want to strive to have secure attachments with our little ones. This is where our child's needs are met through the caregiver being emotionally and physically available and consistently meeting their needs, whatever they may be. Avoidant attachment is when a baby is quiet and anxious and withdrawn. They don't really know how to read their caregiver because their caregiver signals are inconsistent. They may meet their physical needs consistently. However, their emotional needs are not being met because the caregiver does not know how to accept what the baby is providing to them. And then we have ambivalent attachment. This is where a baby is also anxiously attached. This is where they may be very clingy. This is where a baby believes that, for example, if mommy leaves the room, then mommy is going to be so unhappy that she left me and I have to make a big fuss about it. Or a baby has a very hard time reading their caregiver's needs and therefore tries to please their caregiver's by being clingy and and needy and perceives their caregiver's behavior as a way to please them rather than the caregiver meeting the infant's needs. And then we have disorganized attachment. And this is where babies are abused and neglected through different forms of abuse and neglect. This is also a lot of times when we see developmental trauma occurring and attachment problems really taking a shape and and controlling how the infant sees the world and perceives safety for themselves. So disorganized attachment is where we definitely don't want to be. It is the complete opposite of secure attachment. And and it's really uh, uh, an unfortunate disadvantage that babies have when they are developing disorganized attachments 
um, to their environment because it can create a lot of problems for them down later in life. It's important to note that what I just talked about is really, really like the, the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more that goes into all of these forms of attachments and how they develop, etc. And in future podcast episodes, we'll definitely talk about that. But I want to bring out something that's something that stuck with me ever since I've learned it. And it's, it's that attachment styles are survival mechanisms. So just because a baby has disorganized attachment, we don't necessarily want this baby to change the way it relates to the world if the baby's environment and caregivers are not going to change their choices and their parenting ability. So we want to make sure the baby stays alive, obviously, through whatever their brain is telling them, whatever their body is doing for them. And and we want to make sure that we understand that attachment styles are really survival skills. So how do parents contribute to attachment styles? Our way of bonding to a baby really begins in utero. Once we realize that we are pregnant or about to have a baby, we start developing fantasies of what our baby is going to look like, what our baby is going to be like, what we are going to be like as parents, etc. We have these expectations and motivations and we have these fantasies about it. Our bond really begins at that point. The way we bond to our baby essentially turns out into how the baby will attach to us. So it is our responsibility, entirely our responsibility, to create environments for the baby to attach securely to us. And therefore, we have to be aware of what infant mental health is and the needs that infants have to create these secure attachments for them. Again, this is a very detailed topic that we will get into with some of the amazing co-hosts that I have lined up in future podcast episodes. Last but not least, infant mental health is important because it's prevention. The first five years of a child's life, because of their brain development that we talked briefly earlier about, Because of their brain development and the synapses that are forming in those first three years of life, we can prevent so many issues for them down later in life if we do it right, you know, and there's so much pressure on that if we do it right. If we are good enough parents and are meeting our children's needs, I don't know, 30% of the time is the magic number I keep hearing. (laughs) If we meet their needs 30% of the time, they will be okay. So infant mental health is prevention of mental health illnesses down later in life. If we can prevent serious mental health issues from continuing down into their life based on the parenting that we provide, the environment that we provide, then hey, why not? It is so, so important. We can prevent criminal behavior 
uh, there is research to indicate parents who struggle with their infants and toddlers' behavior tend to struggle with their behavior in teenage years, and those kids tend to end up having some sort of criminal behavior down later in life. There is strong correlation between how we treat kids and developmental trauma early in life, how this, again, translates into criminal behavior and, and substance abuse down later in life because they don't know how to re- emotionally regulate their emotions and how to deal with what you know has happened to them. So they use substances as a way of dealing with whatever has happened to them. And we're also preventing defiance in those teenage and early young adulthood years, right? It's, it's, I cannot tell you how many times I hear from parents, oh, you think toddlerhood is tough. Let's wait till they're about 12 or 13 and 15 and 16 and they know it all. And yeah, I, based on the research and, and, and life experiences, those teenage years are difficult because, again, the brain is going through a very unique stage in its life, and it's going to cause some challenges. But if we use the early years of that same child's life and we develop a safe and secure connection with them, then those challenging years will be a little bit easier because the child and you will have a special connection that you can use to help guide them down the road. And prevention is also treatment. In my first episode, I talked about how early uh, intervention is part of infant mental health. And treatment is all about going in and uh, getting a professional to help the parent and the child develop a safe and secure connection to eliminate any barriers that are going to cause issues for them currently and down later in life. So really, really important that we are aware that there is treatment that can be helpful and that will prevent future issues like mental health problems, criminal behavior, substance abuse, legal involvement, what else? Uh, Physical ailments, physical illnesses. If our mental health is taken care of, our ACE score, adverse childhood experience score, is going to be a lot lower. And when the ACE score is lower, then we are going to not be so worried about life expectancy, about physical problems, physical health problems, or mental health problems. So all in all, I want to point out how incredibly important infant mental health is in this episode. And I am hoping that that came through (laughs) being pregnant and out of breath right now and super mom prego brainy right now. Uh, I'm going over my notes, so hopefully I didn't miss anything. But if I did, please excuse me. And uh, I am sure that when I re-listen to this episode, I will come back and um, add other things in, in the next episodes that we publish. I'm excited to have you listen to the baby perspective segment next. So here we go. And here we are with the baby perspective segment. Today's baby segment is titled, Why You Need to Take My Mental Health Serious. Hi there, mom and dad. I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind a lot. I want to bring this conversation up as a way to make you aware, not uncomfortable. I want to talk about why you need to take my mental health serious. 
Don't go anywhere now. I need you to stay present and really listen. Please? I really need to express some things I want you to know and think about. I've been hearing a lot of people tell you that I won't remember things because I'm so little. If that's true, then why is it that I'm learning new things every day? And if that's true, why is it that I'm able to understand new things every day? And again, if that's true, why is it that I am beginning to process more emotions every day? Remember how I told you that my mental health is real and how important it is? I want to talk to you now about why you need to take it serious too. You need to take my mental health serious because what we do now, how we focus on it now, will literally make a life of difference for me. When you take my mental health serious now, you're taking my physical, social, and emotional health serious too. When you take my mental health serious now, you're taking our relationship serious. When you take my mental health serious now, you're ensuring that I will have a successful future. When you take my mental health serious now, you're giving me a chance at a life fulfilled with less worry. When you take my mental health serious now, you're able to give me a stepping stone for less heartache and problems. When you take my mental health serious now, you're ensuring that our relationship will grow and thrive throughout our lifetime together. When you take my mental health serious now, mom and dad, you're providing us both with tools to break any trauma cycles. When you take my mental health serious now, you're potentially locking away genes that could make me really sick in the future. When you take my mental health serious now, mom and dad, you're giving me a chance at a healthy physical life now and down the line. Mom and dad, I could go on and on, but I'm beginning to think that you get the point. So now you may wonder, well, baby, where do I begin to take your mental health serious? No one has really given us these tools to do so. That's okay, mom and dad. We can learn together. After all, all of my mental health depends on our relationship. And every relationship becomes stronger through time and learning together. You are my blueprint for all other relationships I will have down later in life. I can give you a few pointers, though. Are you ready? You can take my mental health serious by learning more about infant mental health, becoming aware of your own stuff and how it impacts our relationship, practicing warm, empathic, and reflective parenting skills with me, being firm but kind in your directives toward me, helping me learn about emotions through co-regulation with me, spending time with me, mom and dad, delighting in me, protecting me when I need to be protected, following my lead when you can, playing with me, enjoying with me, trying to understand the why behind my emotions and behaviors, taking me to regular doctor checkups, taking care of you too, mom and dad. Go on date nights, have fun with each other, and enjoy each other too. Because when you're happy and taken care of, I'm happy and taken care of. Explore with me. When others tell you I won't remember, don't believe them. Allow me to come to you when I need you. Don't push me away. When I do something that may not be okay, teach me. Don't punish me. There is a big difference. Don't argue in front of me, please. 
or please also don't argue about me. Be with your friends and let's have play dates as much as possible. Let's spend a lot of time outside. Nurture and nature is good for me. And most of all, mom and dad, if you ever feel exhausted, tired, drained, which I know you do, I can keep you very busy. It's okay for you to take a break. Again, if you are happy and rested, I am going to be okay and rested. Ask for help, mom and dad, when you need it. When you ask for help, you're also teaching me how to handle things that come up for me that I can't handle on my own. And who better to ask for help than the two of you as I grow older? Please model this behavior for me. I need you to model for me what it looks like to have a good mental health. You will give me all the tools I need through this. Mom and dad, I love you. I need you in all aspects of my life. I need you to work together with me to help me build a healthy mental health. That's why this is so important. Before we end today's session, I wanted to give you a quick introduction to our next episode, which is all about how we can prevent infant mental health problems and future mental health illnesses for our babies and toddlers. So I hope you come back and we get to share some more time together next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I am incredibly lucky and honored to have you be part of this journey with me. I want to thank you for your time and dedication and interest in infant mental health and raising babies. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to speaking with you next week.